more to build your name than mine. I'm thankful that's the heart of my wife, and uh, it needs to be the heart of every Christian. He's done so much for us. If all you have is your salvation, that's, that sentence should be said about your life. And uh, we'll be introducing that with our theme today. And uh, during handshake time, my, my kids are already excited about that trip. Claire told me, she's a little worried. I thought something was going on. She says, Dad, I need a new bathing suit. So we got we to gotta go take care of that. Luckily, we have some time there. But let's, uh, Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. And we're at the start of a new year. And uh, all of last year, we had an emphasis on uh, living by His Spirit. And I want to encourage you uh, not to forget that thing. That should be the heart of every Christian, the desire of every Christian, the intention every day you wake up to live that day by the Spirit of God and, and to follow His lead, to obey Him as He speaks to you. And as we begin to get here to the book of Joshua, uh, the children of Israel have been on quite the journey to this point, and we have quite the story recorded of them uh, before we get here to this chapter. And uh, as we look here in chapter 24, they've already moved through many different things. Last week, we were at the beginning of the book. We saw them crossing Jordan. Uh, many, many things have happened since that point uh, in, in, in their journeys. And, and uh, right now, as they look here in chapter 24, they had defeated their enemies. They claimed the promised land. They are there. It is theirs. And it was a great time of hope. It was a time of prosperity. It was a time of blessings. But victory wasn't going to remain on its own. And the blessings were not going to remain uh, just on their own. And there were certain things that needed to still be done. And there, were, there was a great threat to the children of Israel, as we know, looking in the Old Testament, uh, that they would forget where they came from, that they would forget what God did and what God had instructed them to do and what he had done for them. And there's a possibility that they would adopt the practices of the Canaanites that were still in the land who lived around them. We will see them do that later on in, the, in their journey. There was a danger they would fall into a state of complacency. We saw different cycles of that in the children of Israel as well. A place where they might just let their guard down a little bit. And we know if they make those wrong decisions, if they move away from God, they will be, move themselves out of the favor of God because it was only by Him that they got to where they were and they had the blessings that they had from Him. And as we look here in chapter 24, this is Joshua, 110 years old, making his last address uh, to the people God had him to lead. So let's stand together and uh, read. read. Uh, we're going to look at the whole chapter today, but we're going to begin reading in verse 14. He says, Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the, heart, on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up out of our fathers, out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage in which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave them out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God, he is a jealous God, he will not forgive your transgressions, 
nor your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods. Then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that, he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen you, the Lord, to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, and set them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and took a great stone, and set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, every man, into his inheritance. The title of the message today is, I Have Decided. I Have Decided. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for the privilege that it is to be here. And God, right now, I, I ask that you would, uh, Lord, meet with us. Lord, I pray that you would uh, use me, Lord, fill me, God, to speak your word, to preach your word your way. Uh, guide my thoughts, guide my mind. Lord, I pray be with those that are here listening. God, I pray that everyone in the pew, Lord, would hear your word as they need to hear it today and receive the truths. And would help us to be uh, open, God, to possibly remove some things from our life or decide to do some things we might not be doing. Lord, bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Two salesmen and their manager were walking to lunch one day and they were walking down a certain sidewalk to this restaurant they enjoyed downtown and they saw this antique oil lamp and one of the guys said well that looks like Aladdin's lamp I've seen pictures of that and he picked this oil lamp up and he began to clean it off and as he rubbed that lamp a genie came out just like he'd read so many times before and the genie looked at those three men and said it's your lucky day I have a wish that I will grant for each of you and the manager there, he was buying his uh, employees lunch, and he looked at them, and he, he began to step forward to give his wish, and one of the employees stepped in front of him, that salesman, and he began to ask the, the genie, he said, me first, I want to be in the Bahamas, driving a speedboat, and without any cares in this world, and he was gone. The manager thought that was kind of rude, he was about to say his wish, then, then the other salesman, he got up in front of him and said, me next, and he said, I want to be in Hawaii, relaxing on a beach with my wife, money for a lifetime with the people I hold most dear. And he was gone. And that manager was a little disgruntled at this point. And the genie looked at him and said, okay, you're up. And that manager looked at him and he said, I want those two guys back in the office after lunch. Many wrong choices made there. They should have let their manager go first. It probably would have saved them from having to be back at work when they were. And the manager probably had better possibilities he could have hoped for as well. Choices. Life is filled with choices, isn't it? When it comes to entertainment, there are endless choices at our disposal in the day that we live in. We choose what we watch at any moment of any day. We choose uh, what internet provider we have. We choose here in Texas. I didn't know that until we moved here. You have unlimited options of electricity uh, companies that you, can, that you can go from. We choose our attitudes. We choose our friends. We choose how we spend our money, we choose how we live our lives, we choose uh, what kind of house we live in, choices, choices, choices. 
Many people struggle making choices. And people who have difficulty making choices usually have difficulty with life. So if you can't make a choice, you're going to be constantly running around. You're going to be pulled from one thing to the next. You'll feel like you're torn in different directions, left feeling overwhelmed, or possibly never accomplishing anything. Many people struggle making certain decisions, and then many people struggle making the wrong decisions over and over again. Robert Frost, the great poet, he wrote this poem about how his life might have been different if he'd made different choices. And he said this, two roads diverged Diana Wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. The choices we make dictate the direction of our life. That poem reminds us of a truth that life is a journey and the path we take makes all the difference. But not all paths lead to the same place. And for the Christian here today, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there was a particular time in your life, a moment in your lifetime that you put your faith and trust in him. And by that, because of what he's done and trusting in that and that alone, heaven's your home. But while we're still living here, we constantly are needing to make choices that will either lead to an abundant life in Christ or will lead to spiritual dryness. And, and this morning and in, in every day of our life, God wants wholehearted dedication. God expects us to make a decision today. He expects wholehearted dedication or nothing. And many of God's children are not choosing God. And as Christians and as a church, we must fight against that. And in the day we live in, we see the church developing this appearance that is more and more like the church in Laodicea that we'd read about in Revelation chapter 3, a church that has everything it needs except for the presence, power, and glory of God, a people who have need of nothing. As we look here in the book of Joshua, the children of Israel arrived at the promised land. And as they arrived at the promised land, God had certain expectations of his people. We've seen him communicate this to them time after time already in their history, and he would do it many more times in the future. And as God had expectations of his people, I want to remind you today that God has expectations of you. God has expectations of me. And as we begin this year on, on this Vision Sunday, somewhat setting the direction for our church this year, I, I, I want to lead as pastor to, for all of us to this point of decision. If you look up, up here, the, the uh, decor is a little different than it was just a week ago, and we have a new theme, I have decided. There's a personal responsibility that every one of us have to choose God's way. I can't decide for you. I, I can't make that happen for you and to accomplish God's will is something you must decide today it's something you must decide tomorrow it's something you must decide the next day and the day after that and the day after that and, and as we look at this text today there's three points today that I want to get to you three verbs three points of action and uh, before too long we're going to have these available to you or we'll see them as we, as we come in but I want to encourage you to write these things down to how we can have the I have decided life the first thing for us this morning that we need to do is recognize recognize and Joshua stood up there before them in Joshua 24 and began there in that in the beginning of those statements he gathered all the tribes of Israel together he began to speak to them and we look there in verse 2 and Joshua said unto all the people thus saith the Lord God of Israel your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time verse 3 I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him through all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. Verse 4, I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau. Verse 5, I sent Moses also and Aaron and I plagued Egypt. 
according to that which I did among them, and afterward I brought you out. There are some things he wanted them to recognize and acknowledge. At 110 years old, Joshua had this final message, and it was quite an important one for him to deliver. And as we begin this chapter, he was recognizing what God had done for his people to that point in time. Joshua was the faithful servant of Moses for many years, and he wanted to deliver this message from God as well to recognize or acknowledge who they were, where they came from, what God had done for him. And as we look at it this morning and as we apply it to our lives, it's important for us to recognize as well, first of all, God's work in our life. We look at the children of Israel, God chose them. God called them. We, we read the history. God went to Abraham and developed a, a, a nation from that and a, a group of people from that. And in doing that, hundreds of years before, all this was set in motion. That led to them be going all over the, the land at that time. They went to Egypt. They were saved from famine. And then they, became, they went into bondage in Egypt until God sent Moses to deliver them. As he delivered them from Egyptian bondage, he, he did that in incredible ways. We read about the ten plagues. We see the parting of the Red Sea, the water from the rock, the food falling from heaven. Enemies that logically they had no business defeating, but they did. Last Sunday, we read in Joshua 3, the parting of the Jordan River for almost 18, 19 miles. It was dry. They, they walked right across this mile-long stretch. God's work for them was quite amazing, wasn't it? And on the first Sunday of the year right now, I want to encourage you as a church to recognize all that God has done for you. There was a day for you, if, if you are saved in here, there was a day where you were dead in trespasses and sins and you could do nothing for yourself to get to heaven. You couldn't save yourself from what you deserved. No one could help you. The Bible says we always fell short. Nothing we could do on our own. Then in Ephesians it says, but God. When we were dead, God did what was necessary for us. And through the blood of Jesus and the power of God, you have been redeemed. The blood of Jesus washed away your sin. And when he sees you, he sees you as righteous. Remember where he found you. Remember what he's done for you. Recognize his work for you today. He wanted them to recognize God's work in their life. He also wanted them to recognize simply God's presence. As we, as we read there, verses 1 through 14, we see this message Constantly reminding them how God was there every step of the way. Look how many times you would see that word I in those verses. Almost every verse. God was saying, I did this, I was there, and, I, and this happened, I was there, this happened, I led you here, I led you there, I protected you from this, over and over again. The presence of God was with the children of Israel. God had always been with them. In everything they faced, he was there to help them. Every day they could look over and they could see the pillar of cloud that would lead them. Every night when there was darkness around them, there was a pillar of fire by night to remind them of the presence of God. Every battle, he was there. God is who led them to this point. And we need to remember today not only what God has done for us in salvation and God's blessings, but we also should recognize that since the day you were saved, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you, as the Bible says, into the day of redemption. Jesus, as he spoke to some of his last words here on this earth, he said, Lo, I am with you always. He's promised us he will never leave us nor forsake us. His presence is there. That is why we can, as we talked about all year last year, live by his spirit. It is, the spirit of God is not an object or a thing. He's a person. It is God. God's presence is with you. We need to recognize that. We also need to recognize God's supply. 
I love the way this is worded. Look at verse 11. And he went over Jordan and came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites and the Perizzites, the Canaanites and the Hivites, the Girgashites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. A bunch of diseases is what it sounds like. And I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. It was God who did it. Look at verse 13. I, I, love, the, I love this. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them, of the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted not, do you eat. The houses they lived in, they didn't have to work for. The land they lived on, they didn't have to work for. The food, the plants that they had, they didn't grow. God provided all of those things. The blessings that they enjoyed, they did not deserve. And they had more than they could have imagined. And we have much this morning that we do not deserve, don't we? As you just spoke about, the Holy Spirit of God lives within you as a Christian. You have his presence all the time. We have the promise of peace and distress, peace in the trials, peace of God as we take our problems to him. We have his love, as the Bible says, that will never fail us. There's a way out of every temptation. The Bible has given us a way out. There's someone, a God, who can lift our burdens and wants us to cast them upon him. Jesus, he told us, every good and perfect gift is from above. We have more right now as Christians than we can truly understand or imagine. God has been good to us. It is good for you to recognize right now what you have is because of God. Acknowledge that. If you agree that we have goodness of God, say amen. Amen. We know that. We believe it. We acknowledge it. But why do we so often struggle living for him we're serving him as we should. Children of Israel, it was no surprise to them how they got where they were. God delivered them, God provided, God parted the waters, helped them defeat enemies. Why was it so hard for them? This mistake that they made is nothing new. We make the same mistake today. Israel was guilty multiple times of turning on God when he had been so good to them, and we, we see that that's not right, it shouldn't be. I believe today the first thing we need to do to live this I have decided life or to just decide to live for God is just to recognize daily what's been done for us. Remember where you were when he found you, remember what he's done for you, or just simply remember and acknowledge who your God is. First thing, recognize. Second thing, decide. Recognize him. Next thing, make a choice. Decide. We read here in verse 14, a very logical response. He told them, verse 1 through 13, who God was, what God had done, what God had delivered them from. And then he says, now, therefore, because of all these things I've given you, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. We read that and we understand because of who God is, because of what he's done, they should live a certain way. 
God delivered them from all those things. He provided all that he provided to them. He's given them this land. They should no doubt be living for God. We look at our life. God has saved us from hell. God has given us blessings after blessings. He's given us his presence. Therefore, we should serve God. Therefore, we should fear God. There's a few expected responses. First one, fear God. As he was speaking to them to fear God, that would be clean up the lies by putting away other gods. Worship no other gods, serve no other gods, only serve the Lord. Fear God, revere him, honor him. Sounds reasonable, doesn't it? Those gods that done nothing for them, it was Jehovah God that did everything and gave them everything. Second thing, put away other gods. All those things in our lives that come ahead of God need to be put away forever. Third thing, serve the Lord with sincerity. That word serve there was, as he was speaking to them, they understood very well, was to fulfill the role of a slave. Whatever their God would say to do, they should do. And we understand this morning, the book of 1 Corinthians says, if you are saved, you've been bought with a price. The Bible says, ye are not your own. Therefore glorify God in your body and spirit, which are whose? Yours or whose? God's. That's a logical response to what's been done for us. That's what should happen. Because of what he's done, I should be motivated to live a certain way or do a certain thing. Paul wrote something similar that we share often here in the passage with my life. First, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him who which died for them and rose again. That's a logical response to the love of Christ. That's what we should do. We have great reason to live for him. We have reasons why we should do many things in life, don't we? We have have reasons to do those things. It doesn't mean they get done. It's a new year. How many of you have a New Year's resolution that you're trying to keep? Anybody? A few of you? I've got some. Just because we make a resolution or have a reason to make a resolution doesn't mean those resolutions get done. No. It takes an initial decision. It takes another decision. Another decision. Another decision. Joshua gave them a logical response. A reason to make their decision what they should do. But there was a choice presented to them. He said there in verse 15, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. He says, this is what God's done for you. God's love for you, God's provision for you should bring you to be a certain way, live a certain way, do certain things. But you're going to have to choose what you do. Joshua challenged them to choose who they were going to serve, and then start doing it. And in doing this and proposing this a certain way, Joshua was revealing to all of us that everyone serves someone. The Israelites at this time, they were serving someone, but might not have been God. It might have been other gods or someone else. And he says the Israelites choose whether you're going to serve God or choose whether you're going to serve something else. Notice here that Joshua did not give serve no one as one of the options. It's impossible. We're either serving God or self, either serving God or idols, either serving God or someone else. The people were told there that 
There were many gods they could serve, but they should choose who it was they were going to serve and stick with it. You know, in the day that we live in, idol worship is not a huge problem in our society. I think we all understand that. We don't uh, see that often in, in America. It's there, but we don't see it often. But just because there's not idol worship, it doesn't mean there isn't a problem with idols in our life. It doesn't mean there's not a problem with idolatry. There are other gods that are worshipped. One of them could be the god of success. We work to be successful, whatever we can gain and do to reach that goal. Sometimes that becomes a god in our life. We're for the god of material accumulation. Many, many are enslaved or devoted to getting stuff. We live to buy more things. We have the, the gods of education. There's many people that are living just to, to have the latest fads or philosophies, studies, theories. They work hard to be at the cutting edge of academia. The gods of entertainment. The gods of leisure. Living for self or for pleasure. The gods of approval. You know, we, we, we want people to like us. I don't, I don't, that's a pretty normal human mindset. And if we want that, there are the things that we will do to gain the approval of other people. There are some here that might live for the approval of their parents or certain family members. There's, there's also in the world we live in many parents that are living for the approval of their children. Our dress, our spending, our language, our friends, they're all chosen to get the kind of, prov- of approval that we crave. There's also the God of self today. We want what we want. And, and we fight a temptation every, every day to, to seek what we want at the expense of our life for Christ and what God expects from us. Understanding that this morning, who or what are you serving? What is it today that occupies your greatest attention? What is it that gets you most animated or that you're most passionate about in conversation or in the things that you do? If you ask those questions to yourself, it's possible that that might point you in the direction of the gods that are calling most forcefully to you in your life. And what I want to ask you right now and challenge you to do is to choose you this day whom ye will serve. We can't have God in the world. You can't have God in all the distractions. Either God is in first place in your life or you have a different God. Every single one of us today must choose. What, what does it mean to, choose the, to serve the Lord? What does choosing to serve the Lord look like in a life? You could use the illustration of marriage. What would you, what would you say today if someone asked you what it means to choose someone as a spouse? Does that mean possibly choosing just to give someone a ring? Uh, Maybe it means going through a certain ceremony. Someone that you are intimate with or someone that you live in the same home as. Those, Those things are partially true, but those aren't enough to describe what marriage is, is it? Those, those things are part of a process and, and part of things that you do and what choosing a spouse involves, but it's much more than that. To, to choose a spouse is to a commitment to give yourself to another person. 
It's a desire to be attentive to what that person needs. It's a declaration that you will stand by that person, the good and the bad, or as the vows may say, the, for, for richer, for poorer, for sickness and health. It's, a commit, it's to commit yourself to another way different from every other relationship in your life. The same with our commitment to God. Choosing God or deciding to follow Jesus today is not just joining a church or performing certain religious practices or saying some magical words or opening a hymn book and just saying the singing the songs that are there. Choosing to serve Jesus is a commitment. A choice that should affect every area of your life, not just what we do on Sundays. And, and if we're choosing God today, there are some things that we won't do. If someone's choosing to serve God, we will, we, will, we will choose his side. We aren't going to straddle the fence. And as we, we think about straddling the fence, fence straddling is an American art form today, isn't it? Politicians get elected by doing that very thing. They'll be a person of conviction and sound like one while telling everyone what they want to hear. Christians have adopted that art form, got very good at that. We are masters at finding ways to hold on to the idols of this world or certain sins of this world while we claim to follow God. And we, de we declare that we want to follow God, but we want all the stuff the world has to offer as well. It's just as unacceptable to God for us to live that way as it would be for a spouse that was unfaithful or, 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 or someone that wasn't fully committed. God, God is looking for an exclusive commitment. Another thing, secondly, we'll, we'll eliminate everything necessary to be able to commit. And Joshua looked at the Israelites here. If they were truly going to choose, choose God, choose to serve him, they must get rid of their idols. They must get rid of those sins. They must stop doing certain things that they had been doing, and Christians need to do the same. If you're truly going to decide to follow Jesus, we need to be honest about sin. We make excuses and about certain things and the battles are our tendencies. And if we're truly going to follow Jesus, if we're truly going to choose God today to serve him, it means eliminate the things in our life that draw us away from him or cause us to lose the ability to truly fellowship with him as we should, those iniquities, those sins. The third thing, we'll seek to influence the world, not be influenced by the world. If we follow Christ, if, we, if we're serving God, we must be willing to stand up and confront sinful behavior. Resist worldly thinking. Our job is to show the love of God in a, what is at sometimes a hate-filled society. Live true to the truth, even if that means be unpopular. Commit to seek God. Look at verse 23. He says, now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you. Look at these next words. And incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. Choosing to serve God is, takes you inclining your heart towards God. Christians, seek him early. Seek him often. Just go after God. Get in your Bible. Read, read him, read, read his words to you, pray, spend time in fellowship with him, commit to being part of the church, commit to being faithful and under the preaching of the word of God. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek God and trust him to bring the rest. Choosing to serve God is being all in. Our, our next text that we're going to be looking at in the book of Luke, 
He's in chapter 9 there to finish up that chapter. And, and Jesus said, no one puts his hand to the plow and that looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. There needs to be a commitment. There's no turning back. Thankful for the veterans that we have in our church. And a person who enlists in the military makes a major commitment. They give themselves in service for a certain period of time. And during the time they endure training, they are told where they are sent. They do what they're told. Once the commitment is made, you don't pick and choose where you are going or you live under a new authority. The only difference for the child of God is that our enlistment is indefinite. It doesn't stop. We we are to be in the service of God for life. We are to to submit to the, the authority of God. We are to train hard, be in the word of God, do what he commands us to do. We serve him, he does not serve us. And we need to fight against this mentality of, of what can God do for me or what can church do for me, but what can I give God? What can I do for God? It's a commitment to service. Now Joshua was trying to get this thought through to the Israelites. He said, you choose who you're going to serve. Verse 16, what do they say? God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods, for the Lord is our God. He it is that brought us up. They said, you ask us to choose, we choose him. And look at what he said in verse 19. Not very encouraging. They made a decision to serve God, and look what he says. You're not going to do it. (laughs) You cannot serve the Lord. He's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He says, I don't think you're really getting this. You, you, you know what God has done for you and knowing these things and hearing his commands before and coming back to him, it wasn't long before you went right back to those very things. You aren't fully committed. He wanted them to be all in. I love Joshua's statement at the end of verse 15. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, the last thing choosing Jesus looks like and choosing to follow him is that we stay committed even if others don't. You know, when Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, he was saying, no matter what anyone else in Israel does, even if it's me standing up here alone, God can count on me. I've chosen him. It's, it's almost as if he was saying, I will not succumb to the pressure of the majority. I will not sacrifice faith for comfort. I will not exchange commitment for popularity. I will not abandon God to curry the favor of men. That's what that decision looks like. And Joshua, there before all the people, he said it very clear, this example by stating a clear intention to serve God. We need people to decide. We need Joshua's in our church. We need Joshua's in our world. We need men and women that are going to settle in their heart who it is that they're going to serve and it is their God and that everything is going to be put behind him. We need people who are going to set the example for the younger generations that are coming, men and women that will set the example for the children in this church and young people in this church and other new Christians in this church that come in. It doesn't matter what anybody else does, I'm going to serve him. As Joshua made that statement, I brought a question to my heart. 
Does your life stand as a challenge for godly living or an encouragement to godless living? It's one or the other. Is God your choice? If God has to compete for your time, your attention, your money, your love, it calls our whole decision or statement into question. We got to decide. First verb of action, recognize. Second one, decide. Last thing, remember. Remember. See the reaction of the people there in verse 24. He got pretty hard with them. He says, I don't, I don't believe you. If you really do this, this is what it's going to look like. We read that in verse 20 through 23. And they looked at him. And they said, the Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. They purpose to serve God. Then in verse 25, Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone And set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us. For it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall therefore be a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. They committed, we're going to serve God. Joshua set up a memorial or a record of that decision. And we look throughout the journeys of the children of Israel. Stones played a very important role. In their march through Canaan. They set many different monuments up that they would see that would remind them of what God for them, did for them. We have nine different monuments of stones set up in the book of Joshua. The very first one we read about last week, the stones in the midst of Jordan and the stones in the western bank of Jordan. Stones in the valley of Achor, a heap of stones in chapter 8, an altar on chapter 8, the stones of the law, chapter 8, stones of the cave, chapter 10, the altar built of stone, chapter 22. In chapter 24, we find the last one, the stone of witness to their decision to choose God. And they placed a large stone under an oak as a reminder of the decision that they made. And Joshua spoke of this stone metaphorically. He said, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord. He said, the stone was listening. I think we understand this morning the stone didn't really hear what had taken place that day, but it would remain in the same place as a silent witness of their commitment to God. It was important for them not just to recognize what God did and to choose him, but for them to remember every day that choice they made. There's certain things that we set up in our life to remember, certain things that remind us to keep going. Many of you that may have a, a desk at your office might have a, member, a picture of your, your spouse or your children or certain family or a dog, an animal that you may hold dear, even some people hold cats dear. You may have a difficult day at work. You have a difficult day at work, the boss treats you bad or things are just hard, you want to give up and you just want to walk out, quit, and you look at that picture and you remember what you're working for. There's times where there's been people tempted to get out of a marriage, tempted to give up, 
tempted to stop and you're, you, or tempted to give in to temptation, you see that wedding ring. It's a reminder of the vow you made and you keep going. Remembering a commitment often dictates better behavior toward the commitment. And it would do us very good as a church to remember two things. God, what he's done, who he is, what he's commanded. Secondly, remember our decisions for God. If you walked in today, you may have noticed, if you look at, you look at our decoration here, there's a stone in the back of that. At the entrance of the church there under that tree, we have a little uh, boulder that, that we had some of the young guys bring in here this week. It's just kind of holding a place. Possibly we'll get a, a different one here, here after a bit. We placed a stone there as, as for a special day as, as a reminder to choose God. It's a rock. We're not going to worship it. It can't do anything for us. We're not holding it higher than other rocks on the property. But it's my desire that when people walk in here, whether you see that rock in the front or you look up here and you see that verse, you see that rock there, that you'll contemplate who you're serving. That you'll decide every day to follow Jesus. That you'll decide every day to get up and read your Bible and pray. That you'll decide to commit to, to, to continue to come, commit to being under the preaching, to have your children where they need to be, to have young people where they need to be, to, to be as a, as a man or a woman where you need to be. It's my desire today that people leave this auditorium having decided to, to live for God and to choose who it is they're going to serve, our, our Creator. We have some young singles in here today that I, I want to, as they come in here, that will decide to decline some of the offers or temptations of this world to, to live for God. It's my desire that husbands, as they walk in here, will choose to continue to be the man that God would have them to be, be the husband God would have them to be, to be the father God would have them to be. It's my desire as people walk in here, they'll be reminded to be the, the wife or the mother they need to be, to be the Christian, to be the witness at work, to be the testimony to unsafe family. It's my desire that people choose Jesus. Every man, woman, boy, and girl. And as we get a few months down the road, as we get tired in the year, as our heart may change, as we may drift away from God, that we'll have some reminders set up to, that we remember a decision we made to live for the one who's done more than we could ever do back for him. Have you decided? Recognize. Decide. Remember, D.L. Moody, we reference often, over 100 years ago, he was a well-known preacher that made a big difference. Millions of souls possibly have been impacted by his ministry. As a young man, he was in a service, and the preacher said, the world is yet to see what God can do through one person who's completely committed to him. He heard that, and he decided that day, by God's grace, I'll be that man. Hundreds of thousands were saved by his ministries in the early 1900s. You know, what would happen in your life, what would happen in the lives that you have influence or impact over if you decided every day in 2024 to serve God?
How would that impact people? What would happen in this community if every member of Southwest Baptist Church decided that every day they're going to serve God? It would turn this place upside down. We have a choice to make. We're making choices whether we know it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not. There's a choice for you today, there's a choice for you tomorrow, and every day after that. What will you decide? You sing that chorus with me. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Every head bowed, every eye closed.